Welcome to Bloom, the podcast where mums share their unfiltered birth experiences. We hope that by listening to their stories, you feel empowered and inspired wherever you are on your own journey. Welcome to Bloom. Tori's approach to pregnancy and childbirth was to decide never to be stressed. She was so laid back that she was even packing her hospital bag in between contractions. She figured things out as they happened, and the app that she downloaded to time contractions just after her waters broke revealed things were moving pretty quickly. So quickly, in fact, that she didn't have time for all the pain relief she had banked on having when she got to hospital. So what's the secret to staying calm when things don't go as you expected? Her approach was not to overthink it, accept that things are out of your control, and surround yourself with people who make you feel good. Control what you can. Sounds simple, right? Sit back and enjoy the good vibes. Hello, Tori. Hello, Katie. How are you doing? I'm okay. Tired, but such is life when you have a one-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually a really lovely way to be spending a Monday morning. Feels like a nice, gentle way to ease ease into the week. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's nice. nice to be speaking to you. <laughs> so let's start with the same question that we always ask. If you could please tell me what your name is, how old you are, what do you do in life, where are you from and who is in your family? I am Tori. I am 30 years old and I have an illustration business where I sell greetings cards, prints, stuff like that that I make. My family is myself and my husband Andrew and my dog Ernest and my baby, utterly, although more of a toddler now than a baby. Lovely. And where where do you live? And we live in Sheffield. Nice. So let's start at the very beginning, pre-Ottilie, before she was even in existence anywhere in the world. Just a mere thought. Did you kind of always know that you wanted to have children? And what was your philosophy or thoughts about being a mother? before you and Andrew met? I don't really know. I can't... It's weird thinking about it because we met when we were... Well, I was 18 at uni Mm. and I'd never really thought about sort of marriage or anything along those lines. I think I always kind of wanted to have a child but it wasn't, like, the goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. And when did the two of you start having these conversations? Well, he definitely always wanted to have like a family and, and and then it sort of made sense when we were together. It sort of became like an inevitable, not in a bad way, in a positive way. It just seemed like it made sense. When you two started trying, did you have other mum friends already or did you feel like you were kind of among the first people in your friendship circles to be starting to try for kids? Like a few that I don't see very regularly, but not anyone sort of that I see all the time yeah there's a few 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 friends who sort of live further away but yeah the first people sort of here in Sheffield I say that actually one of my very close friends here I found out was pregnant as like we were just starting to try so her daughter is a few months older than Ottilie which is really nice no way yeah that's so lovely 
And so what was your experience like of trying to get pregnant? Did you find it stressful at all? Uh, no, <laughs> it was kind of like, right, if we're doing this, we're doing this, do this properly. And then we got pregnant on the first like month attempt. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, which we were not expecting at all. Uh, my mum found it quite hard to have babies and I just presumed mm. I'd be the same and I wasn't, it turns out. And how, how did that feel? Fine, fine, yeah. It was... It was 2020 and it was just like December. So it was kind of like after that, like other big lockdown. And I remember we found out on Christmas Eve night. Oh, wow. So the cat had been following me around for a week and it was just weird. And I was just like, this isn't normal behavior for you. And that's like a thing, like a myth. I don't know. I have heard that. They say like (gasps) animals can sense it first. And he was just like loitering around near me. And I was like, why are you doing this? So it was just like in the middle of the night, I was like, right, I'm going to do a test that I'm going to sleep. And I just got up and I think, and it was like positive. And I think I just texted my sister <laughs> a picture. And this is like going into Christmas day. And then. Oh, that's so magical. She had to sort of keep it a secret all day. <laughs> but because we were in Sheffield, we we stayed in Sheffield because no, like it was the Christmas where everything sort of mm-hmm. went mental. But my family still saw each other because they live like basically next door. Uh, and my sister was with them all day and just had to be like quiet and then we told them in the evening oh I don't like secrets so I just was like uh everyone knows now because I can't keep this yeah. to myself and did you sort of limit the announcement to your close family or did you tell other people before you kind of got to that three month point oh yeah I told most people I think <laughs> basically anyone who I spoke to I have to be quite active on Instagram, especially with my business, just to keep it going. And I felt like I was really, I wasn't sick once, but I had like severe nausea for like Mm. months and I was just being very quiet on Instagram. So there was a couple of friends who I speak to more on there and they're like, I was just, I was just like, I've just got to tell you now. And then, and then they're like, oh, I had a feeling actually, because you were being weird. (laughs) I just I hate secrets and I hate my thought process is that if anything bad happens I'm quite open I'll probably say anyway so I'd rather just say when it's not bad mm. and then it kept not being bad so it was okay for me. <laughs> and so you said that you took the test in the middle of the night had you been waiting to do it because you knew that you might be pregnant or what kind of pushed you to do it at that point? So I'm a bit of an insomniac so I was kind of like in one of my awake phases and I think Albus, because this is the cat, was just there again. I was like, God, go away. And I needed the toilet. I was like, right, I'm just going to do one. That was it. That was my thought process. <laughs> we had them in the bathroom. So we were prepared in that sense. <laughs> yeah. And how did the cat respond? Was he delighted? <laughs> he already knew, didn't he? So it wasn't a surprise. <laughs> it was funny. So because of the nausea, I was like just basically sofa bound for weeks. And he just like, kept me company all day sometimes the dog joined him but it's more just the cat just next to me all day every day <laughs> oh yeah he was finally happy to have someone who was actually just able to live the lifestyle that he has all the time yeah basically <laughs> so you mentioned the nausea do you remember when that started was it as early as the positive pregnancy test or was it shortly after that? no I think the, I think 
like it was literally the is it the two week wait finished on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, one of the two. So I like found it so we did another test in the morning, it was like did confirm that. And then I think I made it to New Year's Day and then the nausea started. So it was like a week after. And then I had the nausea until week sixteen. Okay. Never sick. But yeah, it felt basically felt like I had just really bad seasickness, uh most of the time. And was anything helpful for it? Did you find any cures? <laughs> just staying as horizontal as possible. Yeah. I remember on, there was obviously some days are worse than others. It was weird if I got up and sort of tried to ignore it and like just made sure I had something to do straight away and knew what I was doing. And like a distraction that kind of helped a bit, but not much. And you had to be, I had to then like know, like, almost like think about it the night before, like tomorrow I'm going to get up and do this. Otherwise I'm not going to get a whole lot done, which is hard when you have your own business to run as well. So it's like, oh my God, no one else is doing these jobs. I need to do them. I remember, I remember we had um, one of the food box deliveries had like arrived as the nausea started and cancelled it. And I remember the smells of that making it a lot worse and on the pets food it's like one of these powered ones that you mix up and the smell of that as well like I couldn't stand it oh yeah even at the best of times (laughs) yeah exactly and it was like I remember it being like really nice like Thai meals in the box as well and I made made Andrew cook them anyway so I was like well you might as well cook them and just have them yourself and put them in the freezer but I couldn't eat Thai food until like right near the end of my pregnancy and sweet potato I'm still a bit iffy just just sweet potato I'm just I just doesn't appeal to me anymore and before it was like one of my favorite curries was like a miso sweet potato curry and the thinking about that oh, I was yeah. like oh that was so good and then I think about eating it I'm like I'm not ready for that <laughs> you made it through to week 16 and then did it kind of just dwindle off or do you remember waking up one day and thinking I just feel finally some respite from it uh, I think it was more dwindly yeah I think probably week 14 15 it's eased slightly but from sort of week eight you know you go for your eight week midwife check and I asked her about it then because it was so bad and she's like oh you know don't worry about it and I just then so I was like right okay I won't worry about it then and I wasn't throwing up so I didn't think like I needed to bother anyone Mm. but I remember just waiting for week week 12 I was like then it'll go and then it didn't. So I was like, wait, 13's got to be the week, right? Then it'll go. And then I just, I just got through it by doing that. Like next week, that'll, it'll definitely be gone. And then one week actually was. <laughs> by that point, you're already at the beginning of your second trimester. Mm. Once you're kind of feeling better, did you feel all of that pregnancy no. glow or not at all? <laughs> not at all. I was so tired still. Mm. Um, maybe just like lying down for 11, 12 weeks. Uh, isn't good for you and Mm. maybe that didn't help but also I don't know if it's because I'm vegetarian or what but I've kept getting little bruises all over me and like just I could just tap my hand and get a bruise and just feeling really tired all the time so I mentioned this to the midwife again she checked my blood and it was low on iron so they let me know really quickly like the same day got iron tablets and that but that was a few weeks after the nausea had stopped and then I started feeling a bit more energetic I wouldn't say glowy but I had I could do things without feeling exhausted. Okay. Yeah. And that midwife that you saw was it the same person that you saw the whole way throughout? 
Yeah, it was actually. She had it. She had um, a student midwife with her as well, and they were just both really nice. And they did, and I was lucky that she didn't have any holidays went for any of my appointments. <laughs> oh, amazing. When did you have to make the decision about where you would give birth? So I live up a hill, but walking down the hill is fifteen minutes to the maternity hospital, and therefore really really quick in car. And I knew that I didn't want to do it at home I'd rather be where the medical professionals are and the machines and the drugs and all of the stuff that you might need um so I just didn't really have to make a decision I just went with what was easiest and closest okay how often were you having your checkups was it all of your appointments at that same hospital where you'd be giving birth the midwife appointments were at the doctors which is en route to the hospital so even closer the like scans were there yeah speaking of scans did you decide to find out the gender or were you keeping it as a surprise no we didn't okay so having said that I hate surprises and secrets did you both feel the same way yeah I think so I was like this is like the one secret in life where I'm not going to be bothered by it at the end because I don't care and I, like, I really hate surprises, like they actually give me anxiety, but this just felt different. And I think Andrew felt the same. I didn't, I don't know if I even gave him a choice, to be honest. <laughs> like, maybe we can <laughs> if you want, but I really don't want to. So actually, we're not going to. It was kind of one of those. <laughs> and did you have a, an inkling either way? I thought I was having a boy. Interesting. Pretty much the entire time until the week she was born literally I was I remember it because I was walking around the park with the dog and I just like it just like hit me Mm. like I really think this baby is a girl actually after it was eight and a half months of uh, it not being a girl in my head yeah and it just it it was just like bam it's definitely a girl that week that's fascinating I wonder the cat probably knew all along he was like she's kidding herself (laughs) all along yeah wise little man did you do any other prep did the midwife you were seeing offer prep classes or what was your strategy to kind of get yourself ready (laughs) I did do NCT classes which like the classes themselves I didn't find particularly useful because I just it sounds terrible I just like didn't care enough about the ins and outs because I don't know if it's from having both my parents be nurses or just how I am as a person, but I just know, I don't know anything about this technically. And I don't know the science, I don't know anything because I've not trained in it. I'd much rather someone who has tell me what they think at the time when I actually need the help. (laughs) So I was always like, well, I'll just, I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens and, and take advice and just say yes to things and, knowing that I was going to do that relaxed me but then it made the NCT classes themselves a bit samey but the thing with them that has proved vital was just meeting all these amazing families uh so there's nine of us Mm. in total and we're still now really close and we like message every week at least a few times and try and meet up quite a lot wow that's amazing yeah if it wasn't for them this first year would have just been really hard but because we did all get on it just made it so much easier just to have that like community and still have that community mm. now. So how often were you meeting up 
during the pre-birth bit, how often did you get to see them? The one thing with it was we signed up and this was sort of as like lockdown precautions were sort of easing and everyone everything was getting a bit more normal and we signed up online to do it in person and the next day literally the next day after signing up got an email saying these are moving online so we had to do it all over zoom which might have made it a bit worse with the whole learning thing Mm. because it's it's hard to like sit through a slideshow essentially and they have breakout rooms so you do get to chat and you can sort of see what sort of vibe people have um, but then we did meet up, I think it was only twice before the baby started coming and then like straight away afterwards. And Ossley, so Ossley was early. So she was the third baby born in the group. Okay. And I remember like three days, four days later, we were meeting in one of the cafes mm. with still, but I think there was two babies and lots of pregnant women and it kind of just carried on. That's amazing though that that you managed to forge actual meaningful connections over Zoom yeah. because that was obviously one of the biggest challenges at that time. That's really lovely that you managed to still have that classic birth prep class community. Yeah, I think we were really lucky. And I think because it helped that we signed up for a physical place to do them because everyone's really close to each other. Mm. It's nice that we can just nip around. Yeah. Yeah. With this whole philosophy of let it be, let the (laughs) professionals do what they do best, did you have any guiding principles in mind about the bit before you would get to where the professionals were? (laughs) So not really, but we always, well, I just like was adamant that this baby was going to be late. It's probably going to take ages. That's just what you hear. And that was not the case. So it was kind of like a surprise, like, oh, this is happening now. Okay, no, this is really happening now when it did happen. And before that, I hadn't even packed my hospital bag. It was just open on the side. I think I'd... What? I'd know. I'd I'd ordered some pads that my friend had told me about. And it was basically an empty suitcase with those and some cheese twists and, you know, the pastry cheese twists. And that was it. That was like my hospital bag. (laughs) So, yeah, it was quite a shock when it all actually happened really quickly. So no birth plan, I'm guessing. <laughs> no birth plan. And I said this to the midwife and she's like, I love people like you. <laughs> yeah, but they're few and far between. <laughs> I don't know if she just said that to reassure me. <laughs> yeah. I just never felt the need. It's probably the same with everything I do. Most things I do. I'm not very, I'm kind of um, a just do it kind of person. Hmm not always a good thing but I think with this it did help my mind just relax about it all. Did you feel that any of those other people from the NCT class were like-minded in that approach? No no, I don't think anyone else was quite like that. There's a few um, in the group who are medical trained. Yeah no I think I was the only one who was kind of like oh fine (laughs) it'll be fine. (laughs) What happened then? Did the labour, you mentioned she came early, so it must have come on naturally. Was it totally obvious when it was starting or did it take you a while to figure it out? Well, yes, when it started, it was very obvious. But the she was born 38 weeks in one day. So 38 weeks exactly, I, was, I went over to see my mum and my sister. We went for afternoon tea, drove, drove there myself, drove back, uh, got back home at like nine went to bed everything's normal 
and then woke up at three in the morning just because I needed the toilet and I went went to the toilet and then as I stood up all this sort of fluid came out of me and then I was just like sort of shouting to Andrew from the other room like (laughs) (laughs) I think I was like Andrew and he was asleep and he's terrible when he's asleep at any kind of communication so I was like loads of fluid just came out of me and I don't think it's we this is what that's what I said (laughs) don't be alarmed yeah and he was like oh okay I was like can you just come and look more's coming out can you come and so he came and he looked and he like every part of him wanted to be like yeah it's just it's fine and uh, he was like no that's not that's not we but from what we had like picked up from being spoken to and the NCT glasses was that it like waters can break and it can be like a whole day and it could be so mm. much time before anything actually happens so he put a towel down on the bed and then he's like let's just let's go back to bed and we'll just deal with it in the morning so I lay there and I was like this doesn't feel right <laughs> so this is probably about quarter past three in the morning Okay. And like more kept coming out whilst I was lying down. I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't working for me. I went back and sat on the toilet because I just didn't want to get it everywhere, basically. And then mm-hmm. that kind of subsided and I was like, this isn't stopping. And then the contraction started. So I downloaded an app there and then while sat on the toilet. <laughs> just to time them. Uh, and it also, I don't know which one I got, but it sort of tells you when they're so far apart to call the doctor call the hospital and when you need to go in yeah how did you know that there would be an app for that had someone told you I think I think just in passing someone had mentioned it and also there's just an app for everything isn't there if you get (laughs) I think I just went into the app store and was like contractions (laughs) I'm giving birth help (laughs) help me now three in the morning there's no one to call (laughs) and then I thought oh I need to pack a bag so mid contractions, I went and just like shoved laser clothes in. I had already that's one thing I'd planned was that I thought big oversized t-shirts would be good to give birth in. It was the summer, and I'd basically been living in big oversized t-shirts and you know like the cycling short type things. That was all I wore throughout the hot weather. It was really hot that August, so I I knew that. So I had those like to the side, so I threw them in, threw in some. Oh, I had Lucozade in there as well. <laughs> you know, threw some clothes in, not you know, not knowing what size this baby was going to be. So I was like, right, it's only down the road. If I've forgotten anything, I'm sure we can sort it out. I did ring the hospital, and they, I think, because it was the first baby, they were very relaxed, and they were like, just have something to eat, make sure you keep drinking, call us back when the pain is so much you can't speak. That's what I remember her saying that on the phone. Like, okay, that sounds good for a phone call, but I'll do that. Okay. Um, so I'd probably called them the first time, maybe half four at this point. Okay, so it wasn't actually that long after your contractions had, sorry, after your waters had broke that your contractions came on. Yeah, it was quite quick. Yeah. Quite quick. So I did that, called them, took in the advice, still very relaxed. The things I wanted to do when I went into labour, I'd planned, which was have a shower and wash my hair, because who knows when you're going to next be able to wash your hair. Yeah. And weigh myself, just out of interest, to know how much lighter I was going to be after the baby was born. Because like, all the fluids and stuff come out, so I was like, oh, I just wanted to know how much it was. 
<laughs> that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I did. Washed my hair and weighed myself. And then it was like really soon after that. It felt, I don't know, how, it felt like no time at all, but it was probably like another hour or so. And Andrew was just like dilly dallying around thinking, oh, this is going to take ages. Remember, I was we hadn't put the car seat in the car, and I was like, "That's what we need to do! Oh my gosh, we need to do that now!" And um, so he was out in the street with like in his boxes or something, just with a YouTube video up trying to get the seat into the car. <laughs> and then when it came back into the house, I was like, "These contractions were like already like really close together. This is maybe yeah, maybe like five-ish." Okay. So the app was like, "You need to go to hospital." <laughs> But could you speak? I couldn't speak when they were happening, no. no and I was, okay. like, shouting in, like, this is happening now. And I think he thought he thought I was being dramatic, but I wasn't at all. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you understand. This is not going to take a long time. And it, I, it's weird because, obviously, this is my only experience. But I just knew that it wasn't yeah. going to take a long time. And I knew that my body was like, this, this is happening. Like, you've got no choice. Hmm. How were you feeling at that point though? Were you feeling relaxed about that intuition? I feel like I didn't like have time to for feelings or like my it was almost like I became a robot and I was just like programmed to respond to exactly what my body was doing. If that mm. makes does that make sense? Like I, I, yeah, say, I yeah. guess so I, I guess that means I was kind of relaxed, but it was almost like an out of body experience. Yeah. Did um, you need the hospital's green light to be able to come in or were they just kind of empowering you to decide when the right time was? Well, when I couldn't speak, I did. I was like, you're going to have to make the phone call. So he rang up and he said, like, on the phone, like, they just, I think they just thought I was being dramatic. And I think they said, I think, again, because of it being a first baby, they said to him, you can come down if you want and we'll just check her over. And I was like, OK. So we got in the car. It was, I think, a three-minute drive down the hill to the hospital. And I think I had two contractions in that time. So oh, wow. they were, like, really, yeah, they were quick. It's like really close together. Like, oh, my God, this is so painful. I can't believe it. And I got there, and he had to drop me off. And I went in, and he had to park the car. So I wasn't there, but he said the, there was a guy who just sort of, like, points at where the parking spaces are I don't it's like the only hospital car park that has this but he was there and he's like oh and he didn't have cash for the machine he was like don't worry just go just go like this he must get that all the time though yeah you'd think this is this is like by now and I don't know the times exactly I think we got to the hospital just gone seven that is very swift yeah. then from 3am waters breaking and then a few hours of contractions to be being more than yeah what did you say two in three minutes so yeah, it was so close they varied yeah they ver- obviously varied but it was it felt like mm. a lot and uh, <laughs> they so I went in by myself and they put me in this that like the sort of entry room and they gave me a wee pot and said go in go and do a urine sample and I was uh, I was like looked at them like they were out of their mind like what are you talking about I was like I'll try <laughs> so I went into the toilet to try and do this urine sample I was like this is not happening and I think I was in there for another two contractions I was like 
what are they expecting from me? So I came out, I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't do this. This isn't working. She's like, oh, we'll get one from you later. Don't worry about it. I was like, I don't think you will. But what was, do you know what it was for? No, I had no idea. I don't know if it was just to like bide some time or something. It was it was so weird. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know anyone else who's been asked that when they've turned up no. clearly like well into labour. Maybe it's to test whether it's real labour. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So then they they took me to like the first room. Not long after that, I wasn't in there long, and then Andrew could come in. Um, okay. and then they they have like a sort of hello and welcome midwife. What's... Okay. Yeah, and she basically just does paperwork, and uh, I think obviously they change around, but to this day she was just doing the paperwork and doing all this, and I was just in there like when are they going to come and see me? What, what are we going to do? And I was in this room for, it felt like a while. It felt like a mm-hmm. good while. Um, and eventually they came in uh, and like, because of like health issues that I have separately, they had to be like attached to the machine. And it was set like on my back with this thing around me. And I don't even know if it was because I was on my back or because I was attached to a machine that it just felt like really sort of claustrophobic and um, I just didn't like being attached uh, but she that's the machine that monitors the baby's heart rate yeah but so like I was just in there like what, what are they doing I told them that I'd felt a bit sick when I got there so she'd given me one of those cardboard bowls and then finally came in after what felt like an age it can't have been that long um but it felt like forever presumably you're obviously having all of your contractions yeah. as well at this point yeah. so how are you managing them just screaming I, and I kept apologizing every time it stopped I'm so sorry I really didn't think I was going to make this much noise <laughs> and then it started again, like oh it's happening again I'm sorry um but yeah it's like Jekyll and Hyde isn't <laughs> yeah. it contraction Tory versus normal Tory that actually is yeah that's a really good way of describing it um <laughs> But that's exactly it as well with contractions, isn't it? Like when you're not having a contraction, it's almost like you're completely normal. Yeah. But that really is, it seems really intangible when someone says that to you, but it is exactly that. It's so surreal. It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah. So that, so I was in this room, finally she came and checked me and I was already five centimetres. Wow. Yeah. That so must have felt good. Got, so this must have been between half seven and eight, maybe. Uh, didn't really, like not been there very long really so she then gave me gas and air okay did you ask for I was that? like oh. I ju- <laughs> so in terms of drugs I was kind of just like give me everything go on I want to try it all I was like when, when do you get a chance to try all of this stuff that they're just handing out I was like this is the time perfect I'm gonna have a go yes yeah, so she gave me the gas and air and then went on to carry on with her paperwork and get the midwife who was like mm. going to be doing the delivery sort of up to speed and the contraction started I took the gas in there I threw up everywhere immediately I remember and when she checked me she'd taken this bowl off me and it was just on the side so I remember it like being sick six times just one after another goodness me three of them just went everywhere uh, and and like whilst I was doing it I was like pointing at the bowl and just sort of saying like Andrew like bowl bowl so he got me the bowl for the last like the three at the end it's disgusting as soon as that happened I was like I am so glad that I am in a hospital and not at home um one of the uh ladies who works on the ward came in 
straight away cleaned it up in seconds lovely through like disinfectant everywhere I was like, oh my gosh that's amazing look at the efficiency <laughs> but do you you put that down to the gas and air rather than the contractions um I think it was a bit of both but I did I took it again but I don't think it it didn't like do anything it didn't feel like it did anything at all it was just sort of something to concentrate on whilst they were happening did someone explain to you what you had to do with it because is is there a kind of technique or is it just self-explanatory um she did when she first gave it to me and but yeah I can't I can't remember now it was all but I think essentially you sort of like breathe it in whilst the contraction is happening so I used it but it was really just like a distraction yeah it wasn't really helping the pain pain wasn't any different at all but it it was good for like something Mm -hmm. to focus on always helps like count through it and (laughs) so that was my time in the pre-delivery suite and then they timed me between contractions so the new midwife came in she was called Lucy she was amazing my community (laughs) midwife was also called Lucy so I was like so great look at you got the same name meant to be um and she had this wheelchair ready and she timed it from because of me using the gas and air to concentrate she as soon as one contraction finished they got me onto this chair and like it felt like something out of a film where they like run people down the like a pregnant woman down a corridor in a wheelchair that was me like basically it felt like I was running it, it was it's a very blurry memory but I was like gosh in the cat of casualty or something and um got got into the new room which I think was probably okay. about a one minute walk if that anyway um just around the corner got me in there and then like got me back on the bed and the machine and uh <laughs> she's like right and I was like I was saying to her I really feel like I need to push and I was like sitting on this like so as much as I could whilst the the thing they strap around you is elastic and you can move a bit on it but it's not very comfortable but I was basically like sitting on my heel of my foot to try and stop myself from pushing because she said we can't push unless in in case you're not ready because that could be really bad for you and the baby so like okay don't do it and then she was just like very quickly getting whatever she needed ready and I was like, I just really feel like I need to push, though. And she's like, right, okay, I'll, I'll check you. Check me. She's like, yep, go. <laughs> that was it. She's like, you're no. ready to go. And I was so I was like, oh, wasn't it? You know, not expecting that, but also at the same time kind of expecting it. Goodness me, that is very, very fast. I started pushing. And I was screaming. My throat was hurting. Andrew didn't really know what to do. He was sort of like, he says, he says now, he was like, it's horrible because you feel so helpless Mm. but I was in one of the non-screaming bits Lucy just said to me like channel your energy into pushing rather than screaming and it was like something I think she she um I think she like compared it to sort of doing weights at the gym or something and like Mm -hmm. how you need to focus your energy just to a different part of your body and it was like something switched in my head and like from that moment I just managed to do it and I just like it sort of everything made sense from her saying that wow did you feel like your body knew exactly what position you wanted to be in or was it the midwife that was kind of coaching you through that bit as well yeah 
so I was like on this bed lying like lying down still because that's just sort of how I was when I was like ready to go I just didn't didn't have time to think about it uh, and I remember Andrew's like holding my hand he was always mm. gonna be head end because he hates anything medical like even the sounds freak him out and he was walking like basically just pacing until it was like go time <laughs> and he like stepped in and I remember just sort of holding on to the bar on one side of the bed and at the time I remember having this thought in my head like flash in my head and there's like a scene in Twilight where she's been bitten by a vampire and she's got all this poison going through and she's like writhing on the floor and I was like oh my god that's what I must look like right now and (laughs) um, yeah it's one of my most clear memories of what I was thinking at the time that's uh, surreal. Holding on to this bar, yeah, and then like her head came out, and I like I think she might have asked me if I wanted to touch the head, and like no, I didn't. I just don't know why. I just had to say no, no, thank you. Yeah. But I did look, and I remember this is my other clear mental memory. I remember looking and just seeing this like <laughs> this thing coming out of me, and I looked at Andrew, and I my eyes must have just gone enormous so it's like what the heck is happening to me get this thing out of me now and then Lucy said to push again and and I did and and it all kind of worked and came out and then Aww. everything sort of settled and felt normal again <laughs> do you so do you have any conception of how much time elapsed from when you started pushing to when the head was coming no out? she was born about quarter past nine though uh, so okay. basically six hours from the waters breaking to her being born. I think it was between like 10 and 20 minutes. Okay, that's pretty quick then. Yeah. Um, probably not that it probably felt like it at the time, but... <laughs> well, it did. It did feel really quick because there wasn't enough time to process anything. I remember like after she checked me, one of the things was said like, yeah, no drugs for you then <laughs> and like you haven't got time nothing like you've just got to go yeah, yeah it yeah time just disappeared just went and did you feel when she told you that you weren't going to be able to have the drugs that you were so excited about having <laughs> did that stress you out or were no. you just were you kind of glad just indifferent because okay I just knew within me that this just wasn't going to last very long and it'd be much better just to <laughs> get it over and done with rather than mess around anyway so yeah yeah that's amazing and so when she was born was it the midwife who kind of collected her given that Andrew was not anywhere near what was going on yeah Lucy got her out was holding her and then she's like dad do you want to come and tell her what because we had managed to tell her that we didn't know what we were having at some point in the madness oh yeah of course so by this point you're still not sure yeah, so he was like, "Do you want to come and <laughs> do you want to come and tell tell Tori what what you've got?" And he went over, and he and he looked at the bits, and I just remember like the look on his face, like, and I thought he has absolutely no idea what he's looking at. <laughs> it's amazing how many times you hear this is the case. <laughs> he just went, "Girl," like this question, like full question. And he's like, yes, yes, it's a girl, okay. Oh. <laughs> everything's swollen, everything's like messy, I get it. But, you know, there's an obvious difference, one would one would think. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. And then and then she gave 
they'd see me straight away. Um, and was she still yeah. attached to the umbilical cord at that point? Yeah, yeah. Which that was, I remember that weird feeling of just like this cord, like still inside me yeah. coming out. And do you remember anything about the birth of the placenta? Was that involuntary or did someone have to kind of coach you through what was going on? They gave me an injection straight away which I think is something you can yay or nay to, which (laughs) obviously I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) So I I think that sort of helps loosen it, but it it didn't feel like a very long time and she sort of just like almost eased it out. Mm. I remember it, I do remember it coming out more than I really remember utterly coming out. Mm, That's interesting. Like the feeling of it, which is strange. So what happened in the hours following the birth? Did they kind of move you onto a ward or did you stay in that room for a bit? We were in the room for ages. Um, so I had got a few tears, I think three. They sort of gave us a maybe half an hour straight away afterwards. I think even before weighing her, so I was just holding her. Uh, and, then they, and then they went and weighed her and mm. did all the checks. And then they did checks for me. So they gave her to Andrew and... I think one of the first things, I don't know if it was before or after that, but Lucy was like really good with, she, she put me on, she put her on like the breast, like straight away pretty much. I'm pretty sure it was like straight away. And I was like sort of confused as to how to get this to work. And I remember her sort of like really good coaching me through it, which mm. I think if she hadn't done, done that or said it how she said it, I don't know if I'd have got it straight away. But we were really lucky in having that and um, it just seemed to work, which was very exciting. Lucy sounds like a angel, a keeper. She seems to have all the words that are required. You know, when like, especially I think in a a position of care and you meet a nurse and you're just like, oh, she is going to look after me so well. As soon as we met her, it was Mm. just like this comfortable feeling. Like, oh, I'm so glad that you're my midwife today. Thank you for coming to work. That's amazing. And so presumably she asked you beforehand whether you wanted to breastfeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she will have done. And yeah, so you knew that you did want to. Um, Yeah, I I think I was more like a, I'll give it a go. I didn't want, yeah, it was one of those where I didn't want to get stressed about it because Mm. I know people who have got stressed about it. And at the end of the day, baby just needs to be fed, in my opinion. And so that was my, like, my main concern was always going to be, like, this baby needs food. But then it it turned out, like, having got, like, gotten on with breastfeeding quite well, I just then liked it because it meant it could be a bit lazy as she got older. So, like, when you're going out, don't you prepare everything as long as you've got your mm, boobs. Yeah. It's fine. Like, that was the best thing to me about breastfeeding, which... Um, it's probably not <laughs> not the best thing to be your favourite thing about it, but it was so convenient. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said for taking one of the many things that you need to think about as a new mum off your plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And do you remember that sensation of what it felt to feed a baby the first time? Yeah, I think I was just like, it's working. <laughs> like surprised that it actually worked straight away because yeah. I hadn't I hadn't um because like she was two weeks well she's yeah 38 weeks and just about one day 
and uh, so I'd not done any, you know, you can like collect cholesterol before, I hadn't done any of that, I hadn't even tried to, tried them to see if they worked, because I know that is a thing mm. you can do, um, yeah. but I just hadn't gotten around to it, I was like, maybe I will, I've got some time. Well, yeah, because 38 weeks is, I think that's when you're officially at mm. your term, isn't it? So with the colostrum harvesting, that's, it can be one of those things that's proven to kind of bring on labor if your body's ready and stuff so I guess you didn't have much time to to try any of that out yeah okay um so yeah how long did you stay in the hospital for we were in this room and I don't know if this was also because of it all happening so quickly that they just didn't like move us out of the late the delivery room until about 4 p.m where they moved us upstairs okay and they'd been down, and at that time there were still some precautions. So it was it was kind of nice because then Andrew got to stay with us like all day. And when you go to the ward, you only have a two mm. hour window per day, and they have to book on when there's not. So there's four four women in the ward, and only one dad is allowed in at a time for that two hour section. So she Lucy had managed to then book him in to like the last one of the day, which I think was five till seven. So he had nipped home, grabbed some bits that we realized we'd forgotten from the bag and came back like pretty much straight away when we went upstairs okay and one thing I wanted to say as well was um so they have to check you for tears and I had these three tears and one of them was like a little bit more advanced the midwives can stitch you up again Mm. but there was one that she was like I'm just not 100% with this so I'm going to get a consultant to come in and this this woman came in and she was like it's the smallest lady ever and she had the most dainty beautiful hands and I remember just thinking like oh yes you can you can stitch me up I'm gonna look better than I did before (laughs) (laughs) trusted hands yeah that was it and then like one thing I didn't know and I was like very surprised at the time is that they checked that you haven't torn through to your back passage and like so she like stuck her finger up my bum I was like what is going on and she did tell me before she did it I was like what you better do that and she's like yeah no one ever seems to pass this bit of information on I was like no they don't I'm gonna tell everyone that is a niche piece of information I certainly hadn't heard that before yeah and but then she had been so mid the midwife had done it and then the consultant checked me again I was like she's she's already done it but fine carry on I mean I've gone through the wars down there already today so you might as well just double check so but um I don't know why it shocked me so much but it really did (laughs) <laughs> so this is all happening the same day that Ottilie's born but just kind of later on in the afternoon yeah this was like straight after um and yeah we okay. just got to chill out in the room after that for a bit and then moved up to the ward which was like hotter than the sun felt it was so hot and did you have to sleep there that night yeah yeah um so I stayed over this is again because of my health thing not because of so I was basically absolutely fine she was absolutely fine and I was just bored waiting on the ward and it and there were benefits for being there because in the morning they do the rounds and they so they did her like day one check checks and um she also because my mum was born in Singapore it meant that Ottilie needed a B, um, BCG something that scars her on yeah yeah mm. she needed a BCG so she had that then as well okay which was great and she had like the hearing test and these things that you, if you went home on the same day, you'd have to go out and do anyway. So there was benefits for being there, but I was just like sort of twiddling my thumbs like, 
I'm going to go home. This is boring. Because I, f- I felt like fine. Yeah. Which. Did you always know that they'd keep you in so you were prepared for it? No, I didn't. And I did. I was like, this, like why? I don't know. Did I ask? I think the ne- after I'd already stayed in, thinking that like, maybe this is just the standard thing. Next day, I was like, "Is this because of me or because of her?" And it was like, "Because of me," because even like I was, so I was meant to be on consultant-led care like the whole time, but even my midwife was like, "You just don't really need it though, because you're just fine." Just smashing it. It's just one of those. <laughs> it's just one of those things that that was just the rule, mm. and I wasn't going to argue it because I just couldn't be bothered, and it. I don't know if yeah, like looking back because of how everything happened I don't think it would have made a difference anyway yeah so did they let you go the next day or how long did they keep you in for they kept me in I was, I was still in so Andrew's a lot of time was, so they go around in the morning and book you in and his a lot of time was sort of, I think it was two two till four or three till five, I, know, I can't remember the times around like early mid-afternoon and I sort of just made okay. sure everything was ready to go when he came so I could go and I was sort of like yeah. like make like catching people like hey um, do I need to do anything do I need to do this what do I need to sign when can I leave I want to go home I'm so bored can I go home please yeah um yeah and then that worked out I could go home when he came great and on the breastfeeding journey I suppose like what kind of happened it got off to a smooth start and was it smooth sailing the whole time ever since yeah and it was it's one of it's really weird actually because I remember being on the ward at least two of the other mothers had people come into them all the time and they were asking lots of questions and they were um getting help and I was mm. there like am I doing am I doing it right because I've not felt the need to ask for help which Obviously now I'm like, oh, that's great. I was just really lucky. But at the time I was actually like, maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe I'm just being overconfident. Like, surely it's fine. I, th- I think at one point I did actually ask one of the one of the midwives when they came around to just check. It's like, she seems to be doing it, but is is this right? And she's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> just carry on, just carry on. It's fine. <laughs> were you doing? Were you using just one position the whole time, or were you mixing it up? Um, I mean, I was swapping a between boobs but that was it that was, yeah that was just yeah yeah she said she just felt so tiny she felt so mm. small um I don't even know if I could have held her in any other way <laughs> I mean obviously I could have but I was so like oh my gosh tiny little thing sitting on this yeah and once you've found your group if it's working maybe no need to no need to mess with it yeah yeah I, mean, I did I did like later on like try different things depending on how tired I was and how reclined I wanted to be at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think once she knew what to do, it was fine. It just made it yeah. a lot easier. And then, yeah, and then she breastfed until eight months-ish, around eight months, where she just stopped mm-hmm. overnight, which was not something I expected to happen or had ever heard of. Yeah. And I was just like, and I tried feeding her in the bath, uh, like different times. Like she was, she was eating food then as well. I started weaning her just before yeah. six months because she already started grabbing at my food. 
whenever she had the opportunity. So this kid wanted to eat. And yeah, so she just stopped she just stopped breastfeeding and I rang my health visitor. Uh well I think I texted her over the weekend like, just by the way, blah 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 because I had a I had my health visitor on WhatsApp. Dreamy. And <laughs> so I messaged her just to explain the whole situation. I know she she was wonderful. Yeah. She rang me on the Monday and she was like I think she probably just wants to eat just give her just give her food and she told me to give her healthy fats in a different way olive oil and avocado and mm. all the stuff you can give to her eight month old baby um and I, I I think I persisted in trying to get her to feed for a week and then I was just like no this isn't happening it's just, she was just actively refusing oh wow that is so fascinating I couldn't do anything yeah, and then that was it. So she just decided by herself. She's very independent. She knew. She knew, yeah. And she loves to eat. So I mean that's great. That makes your life easier, doesn't it, as well? Like if she's if she knows that she enjoys food. Yeah. Meant that the one thing I could be lazy about, I could no longer be lazy about. But I was already starting to take food with me at that point anyway, so it didn't feel like too much of a step up to actually bring proper food. Uh, and now that I've got friends who still breastfeed and I kind of like at the end of them wanting to do it and they're having to wean their children sort of on purpose I really got away with that one like I was very lucky that she just sort of decided for me yeah 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 and so you didn't need to move her onto cow's milk or formula or give her a bottle or anything like that no so it's like the one thing I think I asked my health visitor and she's like, just as long as she's getting enough food, mm. she'll be fine. As long as she's like growing and happy and yeah. So she, yeah, she, met, she I think I, I think during the week, cause she, this is the thing she had been a bit tricky with bottles before mm. quitting breast milk. Um, but she did take them when she was hungry and she refused. She didn't want formula. She didn't want anything um out of a bottle out of my boob she just wanted things she could eat she drank water from a cup so I managed to get like a bit of express milk into her that way but I'd like sneak it in between water and she <laughs> knew when it was water and when it was milk because she didn't want the milk so she just didn't have it <laughs> I love that she knows what she wants from day one <laughs> yeah she's so sassy that's I think a really lovely note to end on and thank you so much for brightening up my Monday and sharing all of that (laughs) you got it all (laughs) that's the end of this episode take care and see you next time